Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and very excited to welcome, I believe, for the first time to this show, the great Ann Killian of the San Francisco Chronicle, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. Thank you for having me, Tracy Sandler. It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you too. We did spend quite a bit of time together last Sunday. We sure did. In Jacksonville. I think I'm still cold. You guys would not think that if you go to Florida, you'd still be cold, but it was very cold in Jacksonville. (laughs) Unbelievably cold. (laughs) It was, was, in fact, I spent, I was back in LA Monday, it was 74 degrees and I spent the entire day in a full sweatsuit because I was still scarred and fearful of coldness. (laughs) So I do understand the air conditioning. Yeah. And we California kids, it was 59 degrees. But to us, that's very cold, especially if you're in Florida and you're expecting it to be in the 70s. Right. We might not have dressed completely appropriately. And they kept the air conditioning on the press box. That was not of everything that's gone on 45 degrees. But now we're back in California. We're warm again, even though it's actually a little bit chilly outside. But nonetheless, we're warm again. And the Fort Niners. As I just as we just said, they played the Jaguars on Sunday. They played the Buccaneers. Oh, they're really killing with the Florida teams actually over this week. They're at least one in Florida, one in California, but playing them on Sunday, Tampa Bay actually was Brock Purdy's first start last year. So there's a little fun, not fun fact, fun reminder for you, uh, which actually is less than a year ago, which is also kind of a little bit bananas when you think of everything that's yeah. gone on. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With NFL, college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And let's start by kind of talking a little bit about what we saw this last Sunday. We saw 49ers team that looked refreshed. We saw 49ers defense that looked re-energized and looked like the defense we've expected to see. We saw Brock Purdy, who had a really good game despite that first touchdown pass that Kyle Shanahan would like him to never throw again, but he got it. But let's talk a little bit about that. What did you see from San Francisco and kind of how they've reestablished themselves as a dominant team in the NFL? Well, I saw the team that I had been wondering where had they gone for the last, uh, the previous three games. Mm -hmm. Um, Looked, you know, like the team that that played Dallas on Sunday night, back way back at the beginning of October. Um, And don't forget that we also saw Trent Williams in there Mm -hmm. and Debo Samuel. And I I think we can't emphasize enough how important those two um, men are, not only to the actual physical skill of the 49ers um, and how they perform on the field, but just kind of their swagger. Like Mm -hmm. those guys, and I would say Trent Williams especially, 
gives the offense so much confidence. They they just kind of come with attitude. They come with knowing that they've got the best to maybe ever play the position at, you know, in there with them, a guy who will have their back, who's, you know, other teams turn and run away from when he's coming to block them. So um yeah, funny. they really that really was funny. I don't blame the guy, but that was funny. <laughs> I would be running away from Trent Williams too. But sure. um Definitely uh, a team that looked whole and, as you said, refreshed. little boost from Chase Young, um, both on the field and mentally that, you mm-hmm. know, this, this uh, front office is going to give us what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it looked like the team that I had been wondering where they'd gone to um, all those, for all those weeks. And I think the team had also kind of been wondering where they'd gone to it all those weeks. But what's interesting, I will say, during any of that time, There never seems to be panic because I think at the end of the day, they do know who they are. They do know they were missing Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. They did know the trade deadline was coming up. There were a lot of things that they knew and there never seemed to be panic, which has been a little bit of a theme the last few years because we've seen them start three and four, start three and five, never panic, and they somehow end up in the NFC Championship game. So this year, a little bit of a different start, but it felt like they always knew they were going to get back on track. I think they have incredible confidence that they are, um, if not the very best team in the league, one of the top maybe three. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, but I think there was a little confusion on their part too, because, you know, the first, the first loss in Cleveland, you could, you know, you, it was kind of set up as a trap game. Mm-hmm. They were riding super high, comes down to a rookie kicker. Sorry, Michigan guy. Um, oh, he's a rookie <laughs> kicker. That's not his fault. <laughs> missing Wonderful. a kick. And they knew they should have won that. So then, um, you know, then they go Monday night into Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, you know, has like a crazy game and just shreds them. And then I think they were back on their heels a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and then and then the, the loss to at home to the Bengals, I think, was the one that uh, I, yeah, not panic, but I think there was probably some some real doubling down on, okay, uh, we got to do everything like we can't take any phase of this game even remotely lightly. Like we've got to be buckled down on everything. So um, and then you add the 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 luxury of a bye week in there to get refreshed mm-hmm. and healthier. I think I think that was the key. And then, you know, after that Cincinnati game, they get Shake Young. They're aggressive at the trade deadline. They make some changes on defense. We see. Steve Wilkes come down to the sideline, which of course made all the difference in the world. And that's why they played so much better. He could look them in the eyes. He could look them in the eye and be like, play better. And it made such a difference than if someone else looked them in the eyes and said, play better. Stop missing tackles. All that kind of fun stuff. But in all seriousness, they did make those changes. We saw some changes in the secondary. We saw a lot less Isaiah Oliver at nickel. We saw a lot more Diamador Lenore at nickel, putting Ambry Thomas on the outside remains to be seen if that's a long-term plan. I mean, part of the reason that took so long is because Ambry Thomas has struggled so much, but he played very well on Sunday. Should that continue? I think we're going to see Diamador Lenore at nickel, Ambry on the outside for the most part, Trevarius Ward on the other side. So they made some changes there uh, and it all worked. So in come Baker Mayfield and the four and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Records don't tell an entire story. However, this record does tell a lot of of Tampa's story. I mean, you have Mike Evans, so they do have this this weapon on offense. Um, they have a defense that's doing so so. They tighten up in the red zone. I think if there's if there's one thing to look at, and I'll talk about it a little bit later with our next guest Matt Sims. But if there's one thing to look at, it's a place the 49ers had struggled a little bit during the losses, and yeah. 
it's still don't foresee this being a big issue. This isn't, it's not a team you could take lightly. I think one thing the 49ers did learn in those three losses and, and probably knew before, but it was driven home as it is the NFL. It's hard to win every week. Everybody, they all get paid too. And anybody can win in, in any given week. But this is a game where I think we can see the 49ers defense really continue to bring pressure to the quarterback. And as we talk about, oh, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Um, well, I, I I can think of one guy who would like to bring pre- pressure to to the quarterback, and that yes, would be no, he did say that on Baker Mayfield. Like, there is a little history there, so that will always be fun. It will be fun. No, Nick Bosa did say on Wednesday that they met at the Waste Management Open, and basically they're good now. But nonetheless, of course, he still wants to bring pressure to the quarterback and wants to get those sacks. And we saw really a vintage Nick Bosa on Sunday. Yeah, he looked great. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know if he just had to get caught up because of the holdout, which, you know, even he mentioned, you know, might have affected him a little bit. I don't know if it was having Chase Young there. I don't know, you know, if it was the things that Wilkes was doing on defense, but he looked ferocious and and he's been great. I mean, he's been Mm -hmm. great even, but he hasn't filled up the stat sheet. And I'm sorry, but when you are the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history, you need to fill up the stat sheet. And so finally, you know, he was doing that and he was he was vintage, as you said. He was, and he was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. There you go. Which I'm sure meant a lot to him. And now he's probably fine to just call it a season. <laughs> but he was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And I believe it was the fifth time he's been the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. But that, the, although we joke about that, it does show how different a game that he had the one and a half sacks, the forced fumble, the fumble recovery, the the pass breakup. He had he definitely had a very Nick Bosa game. And you know, someone else that had a great game is Javon Hargrave, who's been playing well. But if you talk about filling up the stat sheet, he has not been filling up the stat sheet since he got to San Francisco. He had a fantastic game. It makes a huge difference. The Chase Youngs of the NFL of the world make a big difference because then you have this man who now Defenses have to pay attention to it. It makes it easier across the line. And if one side of the line is really lacking and really weak, it does affect everybody else down the line. So obviously this made a big difference for San Francisco. Yeah, and I I think it made a difference that, as Eric Armstead pointed out, like, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence was feeling it. He was holding on to the ball a little bit Mm -hmm. longer, you know, patting the ball a couple times, um, you know, and he he does generally have a quick release. So the fact that they were able to get to him as much was was a good sign. Um, And and just as you mentioned, you know, with the with the secondary, like the the rush, the, the coverage, everything was connected in a way that just, you know, it had been broken and and yeah. we're, you know, it and why it was broken was it's still com- not completely clear to me because, you know, they had been so, so good. But um, yeah, so here they are back, you know, where we think they are in terms of defensively elite, offensively efficient, offensively, you know, running the ball well. Mm-hmm. I, um, I. I haven't picked against them once this year, but I will not be picking against them, you know, this year. I mean, this week. No, I I definitely would not. And let's talk a little bit about Brock Purdy, uh, the game he had on Sunday. And of course, there was sometimes the Twitters or the X's or whatever we call it now, they get a little bit. And, you know, the people overreact like the little bit. And there was just like, I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's just like this minor thing that people like to do on Twitter or X or again, I'm still not entirely clear what to call it. And there was Dr. Brock Purdy and the interceptions and 
see, he looks like a seventh round pick and blah, 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 blah. But the reality is, you know, the minus a couple big couple of interceptions there, Brock Purdy was not really the problem. But we saw a really good Brock Purdy game on Sunday. Kyle Shanahan did joke that, you know, that first touchdown Tyuk was the worst football this- decision Brock Purdy's ever made since he got to San Francisco. But it worked. And he was out. Kyle was out on Wednesday. Now that you've looked at the film, do you feel any differently about that touchdown? And he says, no, it was still the worst decision he's ever made. Uh, and, and Brock Purdy would agree with him. But we saw a really good game from him. And not to be really cliche, but they played complimentary football. They were they were working on all cylinders. Uh, Jake Moody, who you mentioned, was perfect on his field goal <laughs> and on his extra points. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think people are talking about that enough. <laughs> he was absolutely perfect. He got iced. He got iced in a TV. He got iced iced by the TV timeout. That is, and that should never, I have to write a strongly worded letter. That should never happen again. Like ever, ever happen again. Um, But everybody was doing everything that they were supposed to do. But I think with Brock Purdy, like he's now played 17 games or started 17 games, I believe. Like this kid, he's, he might just be special. I don't want to be like a homer or anything, but he really might just be special. Uh, he looks pretty special. Um, and, it, you know, a lot of that is the context of the story that mm-hmm. you can never get away from. I've heard some people like say, he stopped saying he was the last draft pick. It's like, it's part of the story. It would it is, be yeah. like talking about Kurt Warner without talking about the grocery store. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, he got a long way to go. And the one thing that, like you said, they played complimentary football, forced a three and out on the, on the, Jaguars first possession scored a touchdown on their first possession. And then it was kind of smooth sailing. That's the one thing that kind of, he still has to check off his list. Brock Purdy has done amazing, but he hasn't led the team back in a major. Now mm-hmm. in Cleveland, he did lead them down the field in to be in yes. position to win the game. Um, and in, against the Raiders, you know, kind of went back and forth there last January. And he did, um, I think, overcame like a five point whatever he yes they did but but he doesn't find everybody he led everybody back against the Raiders and then Robbie Gold missed the game-winning field goal and they went to overtime they didn't lose the game I'm just saying sometimes kickers miss field goal that's all I'm saying please continue (laughs) (laughs) but um you know the the 49ers are front runners I mean they they want to get on the board early and they want to turn it over to their defense to control the other team and so I, I have yet to see them do what Fred Warner was talking about, which is mm-hmm. we got to win the grimy games. And mm-hmm. they haven't done that yet. No, they've not. It's been grimy. It's been either smooth sailing or, oh, my God, what happened to the 49ers? And I, I'm interested to see Brock when he gets into that position, because, of course, that is what makes, you know, a quarterback great is can mm-hmm. he bring his team back? Um, when they're struggling, when they really need it. Um, and not to say I want the you know 49ers to be down by 10 points, but at some point they're going to be down by 10 Absolutely. points in the quarter and, um, or in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, up by 10 in the Super Bowl. That's where things seem to things actually go um, worse for them when they're up by 10 in big games. That's true. <laughs> down by 10 would be better. But, uh, but uh, I, I, I do want to see him um, do that. Now, I don't think that's, you know, I think they're probably going to hold to their formula this week yeah. um, against Tampa because Tampa's from that woeful division that nobody's yeah. very good in it. You know, the Saints no. are in first place in that division with a 500 record. Um, yeah, that 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 division does not offer the NFL fan a lot. But um, and, <laughs> and, and of course, now that, you know, I mean, last year when Brock Purdy beat 
Tampa, he was beating the GOAT. A um, right. little bit different with Baker Mayfield on the field. So That is true. And I think you're right about that. And it'll be interesting looking ahead a little bit. They'll have the Thursday night game against Seattle. That Seattle is always a weird game. I mean, the 49ers are certainly on paper a much better team, but it's a division rival in a tough stadium on three days rest. And there is always those games are always weird. They have always been weird for years. So that game could be grimier, but I think perhaps the grimiest of them all is going to be in Philadelphia in a couple of weeks against the Eagles. And that will be, that'll be a big test for everybody on this team because that is going to be a tough football game. That one could come down to the wire. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough, obviously before that, the Eagles have Kansas City on Monday mm-hmm. night, which is, you know, an ama- going to be an amazing game. But, um, you know, I, I, I do think that's one of the things that the 49ers, you know, kind of um, lost w- with their three-game slump was, mm-hmm. you know, they had this fast start and, the, you know, that was their whole thing. We want the number one seed. We want to control ourselves. We don't want to have to do this amazing comeback like we've had to do the last couple of years and scramble around to get, you know, into playoff seeding. Um, and, and they really, right now, I would say they have... Um, a very tough schedule ahead. Um, after Tampa, they have Seattle. They 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 go to Seattle. They go to Philly. Um, then they have Seattle again. Then they have Seattle again. And and you know I know that everyone I hear Forty Nine er fans talking about it. You know in the coffee line on the radio, like Forty Nine er fans think they're going to sweep Seattle. It's very they did it last year, but it's very rare that they do it. Yeah, I mean Seattle. Pete Carroll has their number, and even when they've been the superior team, it's been hard for them to sweep Seattle. So, and to have both games coming, you know, late, late in the year, um, I think that's tough. And then of course they have Baltimore on Christmas night and that's another really tough one. So I think it's, you know, there's, there's like, just because they won in Jacksonville, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily super smooth sailing the whole way. And they're going to have one of those grimy games and they better figure out how to win it. Yep. I could not agree with you more. And Thank you for joining me today. Will you please tell everybody where they can find you and your fantastic work? You can find me at sfchronicle.com. You can find me on that thing that I still call Twitter, <laughs> at Killian. And um, yeah, and, uh, and probably in every cold press box uh, in the NFL. Uh, I will meet you at the candy bar on Sunday, though, because that's, that's the best part. Exactly. <laughs> Jacksonville did not have a candy bar. No, they had a soft serve machine, but it was really cold. Oh, do you know what I ended up doing? And this is just for everybody can now hear this. I put it, I put the soft serve in my coffee, which was recommended to me by Jennifer. And it was really the way to go. Oh, wow. I'll remember that the next time I'm in Jacksonville, which I hope is not for a very long time. Agreed again. Thank you so much. And I will see you on Sunday. Thanks, Tracy. All right, you guys, we are back with the great Matt Sims for what you may have missed. I, I just want to know on your other show, does your dad refer to you as the great Matt Sims? He absolutely does not refer to me as the great Matt Sims. Uh, so I, I greatly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'm honored again to, to be joined or to join you, excuse me, on your show. <laughs> and uh, I'm honored to join my father on, uh, on my show. But I, I think he thinks it's his show, but it's all good. Either well, way. <laughs> but he's not calling you the great Matt Sims. I think that's why you keep coming back. You that's right. That's right. Reinforcement. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. I'll take it. <laughs> so this week, the 49ers have the Buccaneers came off a very dominating win over the Jaguars. You and I, I think, both thought they were going to win, but I didn't know that it would be quite that dominating <laughs> a performance. I still want to see them win a really grimy game, but 
nonetheless, it's a win and they will take it. And they're on to Tampa Bay, who will be at Levi Stadium on Sunday. And then the 49ers have two road games. So this is a matchup that I think probably most people would agree the 49ers should win. I mean, the Tampa doesn't uh, have much of a threat in the way of football. That was a terrible way to put that. But they still have have Mike Evans. Baker Mayfield has been, you know, somewhat up and down. But if there's one thing to kind of look at for San Francisco and one thing that that Tampa does do do well is they get a little bit tighter in the red zone. And it's a place where Niners have struggled a bit over the last several weeks. So is this a good week for them to maybe write that shit before they head on the road to a couple of tough matchups? It, it definitely started last weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We saw that just, I feel like the entire uh, scheme and outlook of the defense seemed to be a little bit more along the lines of what we have seen from this defense the past two to three years, mm-hmm. um, despite the difference of defensive coordinators coming and going. Uh, I feel like they're kind of getting back to more of their, uh, you know, their roots as far as what made them successful. And that was just simple four-man rush looks, maybe occasionally rushing five, but then letting the speed on the back end, you know, take care of all the other stuff while they got after the passer. And the impact of Chase Young is clearly noticeable right from the start. You have so many one-on-one matchups now. So in obvious passing, passing situations, it's going to be very difficult for any team uh, to, to really, you know, win a lot of those uh, consistently that showed in Jacksonville. And I think that's something that, that stays true here again this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think maybe no one is as happy to have Chase Young on the San Francisco 49ers as Nick Bosa, who is clearly thrilled to have his friend around. But also what a game from Nick Bosa. And a little of that could just be, again, the, the defense coming together as a whole. Now he's... 10, he was 10 weeks in. He did miss all of training camp. He admitted a few weeks ago that the holdout, of course, has affected his season. How could it not? That's not a criticism. That's just a fact. And, and he yeah. admitted it. And we really saw a little bit more vintage Nick Bosa. But I think having Chase Young, friendship aside, just having Chase Young's presence there helped him a lot, helped the whole line. We saw Javon Hargrave have his best game as a 49er. He's Definitely. been playing at a, at a very high level. And sometimes, as we know, stats do not tell an entire story. But we really saw him play at the level that I think they were hoping for him to play. So I almost feel bad for Baker Mayfield. Because <laughs> I think it's going to be a bit of a rough go. Lest we forget the last time the Friars played Baker Mayfield was Nick Bosa and the flag thing. But Nick said right. say that they met at the waste management tournament and I guess they're fine now. So yeah, they're, they're bros now, you know, yeah. and it's okay. You know, that those things, it's just, that was in the past. And, and you make a great point too about Hargrave and his, his ability now to, really be able to tee off in some of those situations. You know, before when it was just Nick Bosa, we didn't really have that balance on either side of the defensive line. It it made it, I think, a little bit easier for the defense, excuse me, for the offensive lines to really make sure that they were scheming up a way to protect their quarterback more effectively. Now you have two great edge rushers. It's going to soften up things in the inside of that interior offensive line now too, creating more opportunities for them. And, And you can see that just the entire team from that bye looked very refreshed, looked Mm -hmm. very fast. And you just can't highlight enough the impact that Trent Williams and Debo Samuel have as far as a physical aspect, but Mm -hmm. also a leadership aspect too. You know, that running uh, into the tunnel with the boom box and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It's just not the same when those two dudes aren't out in front leading that. And and I feel like that the, the team really, you know, felt differently 
you know, with their two main guys leading the way. And uh, it's just amazing to see that impact on the football team and the play calling too by Kyle, because Debo really is a huge aspect of what they want to do in their misdirection stuff and some of their play action passes, but then also him just being an extension of the run game with Christian McCaffrey. And we saw an excellent game from Brock Purdy. I was going to say a vintage Brock Purdy game, but I don't know if you can have a vintage game if you've only started 17 games. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. We saw a great game. That first touchdown to IU. Obviously, Kyle was quite vocal that he thought that was the worst football decision Brock's made since he's been here. But of course, it turned out well. Brock Purdy agreed with him. But we saw no interceptions. He played really well. He totally had command of the offense. And so... It was a good a good Brock Purdy game, and he plays Tampa, who was his first start last season. That was yeah. his first start ever. So it's kind of funny to think about that. That was less than a year ago, and it feels like he's been playing forever. So good game for Brock Purdy. I imagine the 49ers will win this one pretty handily. We could have another 34-3 to or on our hand here today or on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great at predicting those things, uh, but oh, I, do, <laughs> I, I, do, I do see it very similar to you. I feel like that San Francisco really kind of has found their group, their health and everything is, is a huge part of that. And, and and even too, just the way that Kyle, I feel like called the game in mm-hmm. Jacksonville is just a sign of how much easier it is for him to kind of think on the fly and creating explosive plays. Because when, when George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel are all on the field mm-hmm. at the same time. It is just a crazy tandem, and it's it could be just standard, you know, we're going to get after you and run the ball really well at the line of scrimmage. It could be the play-action game. It could be all that misdirection and all that smoke and mirrors stuff that he does so well behind the line of scrimmage. So that's what I think Todd Bowles really has his hands full with this weekend. What will he do to counter some of those things? Will he play vanilla and stay back? Or I believe he's going to go a little bit more aggressive, try to pressure Brock Purdy a little bit more, especially on first and second down, and even run blitzes to slow down that running game and hopefully cause an early turnover that can ignite their football team and create a little momentum for themselves. Well, we will see how that goes. We will talk next week before they head to Seattle for a Thanksgiving night matchup with their division rival Seahawks. I sound like I'm a commercial for NBC right now. (laughs) we'll We'll talk about that early next week. In the meantime, Matt, please remind everybody where they can find you. Yeah, so Sims Complete. I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and then also the YouTube channel where uh, I'm doing my stuff with with Big Phil, uh, the great Big Phil, and uh, you know sharing our love and passion for football. So you can find us Sims Complete on, on all of those things. So thank you so much, Tracy. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, too. All right, guys, if you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a super positive review. We are brought to you by Stevo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find me on Twitter, X at TracyFGSN, on Instagram and threads at Tracy Sandler. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.